Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as is typical of days like this, yeah, Fridays, that would be senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I looked at my notes, and I didn't like them. Hey, was that a quote, or that were was, you actually saying that you... It's It's both. Okay. It's both a quote and it's true. Ah, uh, excellent. That, th- those are always the best, right? Yes, they are. So today we are going to talk a little bit about robots. <laughs> Which do we, he, before he was, we before we started recording, we were I was talking was, about robots. He was insisting on saying robots. Yeah. So and I didn't um, think he would actually do it in the episode. Of yes. course, I'm going to do it in the episode. I, my goal is to alienate all of our listeners until no one's left. Uh, and I'm doing quite well, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, so robots, if you prefer. Uh, we, we wanted to talk about this mainly because there was, um, uh, kind of a cool story and, and really cool video that came out recently, mm-hmm. recently as of the recording of this podcast. This is on March 23rd, if you're, if you guys at home are wondering, because, you know, of course we publish these well after we've recorded them. Yep. But the story was about a company called Kiva. 
Yes. Kiva Systems, technically. Yes. And Kiva Systems makes uh, robots. <laughs> they make a, a warehouse robot system that's all about uh, finding and retrieving inventory using potentially more than uh, than a thousand robots if you were to have a really complex system. Now, most of the systems they've they've incorporated have been smaller than that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is really cool. And um, the reason they're in the news right now is because, I mean, the company has been around since... 2003. The, yeah, since 2003. In one form or another, it, it started off as a with a different name. But uh, anyway, it's been around since 2003. The reason why it's kind of hit the news recently is because uh, a, a another company has acquired Kiva Systems. Yes, that would be Amazon.com. Yes, for the princely sum... Of $775 million. So yes. just under a billion. Um, yes. So yeah, this is a big news. And you would think, oh, well, that makes perfect sense that Amazon would go after something like this. Like they would at least employ a system like this, if not actually go out and acquire it. Because, I mean, Amazon's all about warehouse management in order to fulfill customer uh, needs. So. Yeah, so the the company actually was started in 2003, as we said a moment ago, uh, by a guy named Mick Mounts. Um, and he knows a lot about uh, uh, fulfillment. He actually uh, kind of learned the hard way yeah. by uh, being part of a company known as Webvan. So Webvan, for those who don't remember, was an online service where you could actually order groceries online. And this company would go out and fill the orders and deliver them to your door. So that way you didn't have to go out to the grocery store. And this, this was one of those uh, companies that was, was expanding very quickly just before the dot-com bubble burst and there was the big crash. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard our, our podcast about the dot-com crash, you probably heard us talk about Webvan. Uh, part of the problem they had was that the cost for their system was greater than they had originally um, uh, projected, mm-hmm. and so they were not able to bring in enough revenue to cover their costs, and as a result, that the company itself collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Mount seems to be one of those people that learns from experience. Well, that seems like a reasonably good thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, he he. It, I think it kind of bugged him, <laughs> based yeah. on on the information that I've picked up on on doing the research, and and he started thinking, you know what? There's got to be a better way to handle uh, storage and fulfillment. So, uh, yeah, he has a very technical background. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I believe, as a matter of fact, he's an MIT graduate. MIT and Harvard Business School graduate. So he had, seemed, he's probably reasonably, uh, well equipped to right. handle this kind so of thing. So technical and the business background. And yeah. He also partnered with two other people, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rafaelio D'Andrea. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Thanks there, Hoffy. That's hard for me to say. Uh, who uh, was a, a engineering professor at Cornell mm-hmm. uh, and then at ETH, which is the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. Yeah, he had uh, led Cornell to uh, several uh, tournament victories in, uh, in robotics competitions. Yes, like the robo soccer games. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had actually helped design robots that were able to uh, to – to accomplish goals in a very efficient way. And so when Mounts was looking for potential uh, folks to to work with, uh, D'Andrea became one of the natural people that he should see because mm-hmm. of his ex- his uh, extensive experience with robotics. And then the third founder is Peter Werman, mm-hmm. who is a, a multi-agent systems expert and a former professor of computer science with North Carolina State University. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and I think they were friends first. They yeah. didn't. It wasn't a uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't just one of those uh, like hey, see this personality. Good. Yeah. So they these these three men mm-hmm. were combining their knowledge to try and build out a system of robots that could fill this need of being able to seek out inventory within a warehouse, mm-hmm. retrieve it and bring it back to someone for packaging. So when you're filling an order for a customer, you're working in a warehouse and you, you the order comes in. A customer has asked for a particular kind of DVD player. Yeah. And that one DVD player is located on one shelf in this massive warehouse. It takes a lot of time for a human to track down which shelf it is, walk to that section of the warehouse, retrieve it from there, walk back to the shipping department and ship that out. So the idea here is that you would have a robot system where as soon as an order comes in and a, and a person's ready to ship it, that person pushes a button. The robot zooms off exactly to the point where the uh, the item is, lifts up that entire shelf because the robots, if you were to look at these things, they look kind of like Roombas that are on steroids. You know, they're these sort of, sort of squarish robots that have rounded at, uh, rounded corners. Um, and they are, they're low to the ground and, uh, they run on wheels. And so when you look at them, they don't, you know, they're not humanoid or anything like that. They, what they do is they scoot around on the floor underneath the shelves. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what they, they have a little screw drive that comes up. It lifts a platform up that lifts the shelves off the floor. And in fact, the robot, uh, rotates in an opposite direction of the screw at the same rate so that the platform remains, uh, from the shelf's perspective, stationary. It just, it, it increases in height, but it does not rotate. Yeah. Now, if you, if you think about it, this is, this is important because you have a, a vertical shelf. Yes. These are essentially, um, uh, a rectangular prism going straight up. So the base of the, the, the shelf is square. Yes. And, and is, Roughly just larger than this robot. Yeah. Um, but it goes up and it's got stuff on it. Well, you know, if you have things on the higher shelves, but, uh, not necessarily on the lower shelves, that's going to change the center of gravity considerably. Mm-hmm. And if, um, this, this screw drive didn't have that, uh, uh counter rotation, uh, it, it could cause the shelf to topple or be unsteady. And the thing is, um, uh, it, when I first started getting interested in, in the, the Kiva story and was watching the videos, I was thinking, that's so cool watching the little bot outside spin like that. It's really cute. Um, and then I realized that it's being done for a very specific reason. And yeah. I went, not only is it cool looking. It's functional. It's functional. Yeah. So it lifts the shelf directly off the floor and then it uh, will maneuver back to the person who has pushed the button to fill this order. It then shines a laser pointer, essentially, mm-hmm. onto the particular item that needs to be uh, scanned and, and shipped. And so then the worker would pick up that item, scan it, put it in a box, and tape it up, and then it's ready to be shipped out to the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the robot will take the shelf back to where it needs to be. And meanwhile, there's a computer system that's keeping track of all of these movements. That's It's not just the uh, movements of the robots, but where the shelves are currently located, uh, what orders have gone out and sort of an inventory control system. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you've got multiple layers of software here. You've got a certain layer of software that's in the robot. You have a certain layer of software that's in the, uh, the worker station where they are filling out orders. And then you have the overall system. You have layers in there as well. And there's a lot of overlap so that robots don't need to know necessarily everything every other robot's doing. 
but the system does. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is if you've got hundreds of robots all going through this warehouse filling out orders, then there's a lot of, of potential for collisions, which would be a bad thing. You don't want – like, oh, there's this one robot carrying a shelf full of snow globes and this other robot carrying a shelf full of, uh, of DVDs and this other robot carrying a shelf full of paint guns and the three of them converge and then you – have a combo that just doesn't work even in a Reese's peanut butter cup kind of universe. So yeah, it's sort of like a robot in a china shop. Yeah, it really is. So the the system has to keep track of where all the robots are and the robots have various ways of detecting what other uh, robots are nearby so that way they can all move through and and reach their goals without colliding with one another and it's actually if you watch the videos it's it's captivating to see how these robots will move within 15 centimeters of one another get so close to each other and yet they'll stop in enough time allow one to go through and the next one will pass on and and you multiply that by a hundred and it's just phenomenal to to see this kind of it's almost like a it's almost like a beautiful ballet. <laughs> well, um, one of the things too that the uh, the computer system is doing um, to handle this is it's not just inventory control; it's traffic control as well. Yeah. But the bots also have a part in this. Now, um, if you haven't seen this yet and you're going to go check out a video, uh, you might have this picture in your head of. Uh, a lot of uh, robotic carried shelves running around willy-nilly. Well, that's not exactly the way it works. If you look at the videos closely, uh, or even if you don't, the, you could see there are patterns on the floor. Yeah. And you might say, you know, well, you know, th- they kind of look like tracks, but they're not tracks. Um, not in the sense of a, a railroad right. uh, sort they're, of system or, or tracks, conveyor belt. They're not tracks that are embedded in the floor that the robots must follow. Right, which is which is kind of interesting too, because uh, you know something like that would dramatically increase the cost of installing a system like this. Instead, um, it's an optical system. It basically has barcodes, if you will, in the different uh, pathways that are are uh, you know painted onto the floor or however they are attached. I'm not yeah. sure exactly how they are are uh, imprinted on the floor. Um, anyway, the uh, the robots have a scanning system. Uh, built into the bottoms of them. So they know uh, the, the um, control system can tell them what path to follow. You know, right. get on track number two because there's another uh, robot coming back this way on track number one. And it tells it how far to go over and exactly where to go. Um, and it's also very cool to watch the human employees engage with this system because um, unlike past – uh, inventory systems where a, a worker would have to walk down rows of shelves to retrieve a particular item or to uh, – if something comes back to put the item back where it belongs, the shelves come to them. Yeah. So they are standing at their workstation um, ready to package things up. And uh, it's it's very – actually, I don't know if you've watched any of these videos, these particular videos, not just the traffic stuff. Um, it's actually kind of creepy because the uh, the employee will take off a box – and we'll scan it with a little handheld uh, laser scanner and put it down on their station. And mm. the shelf will just drive off. Yeah. And the next one will move over to the shelf space at their station and wait for them to scan the item that, that belongs uh, in the in the package. So, you know, the person will put it in the package and tape it up and put the label on it and send it down the, the conveyor to uh, to shipping. Um, and then, you know, this next box comes up. They'll scan it. And the shelf drives off on its own. Um, and the same thing too for returns. 
the shelf drives up, they'll put, they'll scan an item, put it on the shelf, and the shelf drives off. It's really kind of weird. But the, uh, the employees that I saw interviewed said, uh, it's much less taxing and they can get far more work done because they're retrieving more items or, or putting more items back on the shelf and they don't have to do nearly as much work to achieve that. Right. Because the shelves themselves are doing the work. Yeah. And, and currently the robots, um, the, the regular production model, can carry up to 454 kilograms, which is a thousand pounds. That's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight, but it's still they're working. They have other prototype models that can carry much more than that, because depending on what you're shipping around, it may be like, for example, a warehouse that has lots of masonry in it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really lots of heavy pallets and and shelves and stuff. You'd have to have a robot capable of carrying much more than a thousand pounds in that case. Mm-hmm. Working remotely, where you are, shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I can't fly without my portable chargers and noise-canceling headphones keeping me immersed, and I'd be lost without my smartphone. In a new place, it's my connection to the familiar. I rely on it to get directions around town. I use my smartphone to look up things to do or, most importantly, where to eat. In countries where I don't speak the language, my phone becomes a universal translator. And heck, it can double as a digital camera, giving me the opportunity to snap unforgettable pictures of the sights that inspire me and fill me with joy. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. A spirit of adventure lives inside of us. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to transform your spirit of adventure into actual rubber-meets-the-road, into-the-wild, true-blue-real-life adventure. You just need a Nissan and a plan. Or better yet, just a Nissan. You can hop into a Nissan Rogue and discover what comes next. Don't worry. The Nissan Rogue has your back. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Just climb in and go. No need to connect your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the new 2024 Nissan Rogue. No matter where you roam, you'll stay connected to home. Life is one huge adventure, and every day is a little one. 
No matter if the ride you're on is big or small, a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada can elevate your adventure and push your limits to something new. Your next adventure is waiting for you. Get in a Nissan SUV and go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. These, these robots do increase efficiency. Uh, I saw some projections that suggested that a, a factory that uses conveyor belts and, and you know, more conventional systems to mm-hmm. get mater- uh, materials to the people who need to ship them out, that it might take for a typical warehouse something like 75 workers to be able to um, to to carry out the orders, a certain number of orders in a certain amount of time. But in using this system, it would be more like 25. Mm-hmm. So you've just reduced the need of your workforce significantly and uh, by 50 people, which means savings for the company. This also brings us to another discussion that always comes up when we talk about industrialization and, mm-hmm. and uh, automation and robots in particular, which is the concern that these systems will replace human beings and reduce the need for human workers, thus, in a way, contributing to the unemployment rate, right. which is which is a legitimate concern. I mean, there is it is there is a legitimate concern that there are certain systems involved that will reduce the need for people to work, and therefore, pe- more people will be out of work. Now, this is a story that has been with us since the dawn of the industrialization age. You've heard Chris talk about the sabot, the wooden shoes being thrown into a loom in order to sabotage the loom because these these looms were somewhat, you know, not automated in the sense that we think about today, but they were following a program and were reducing the the needs of a skilled weaver so that you know you could have a, a, a semi-unskilled worker run this machine and they could produce the same sort of quality of work that a skilled weaver could, that raised concerns back in pre-industrial Europe. Well, that we've seen that whole story unfold throughout uh, the eras of, of industry. And um, there's been some people who say, sure, it's going to take over those those manufacturing jobs. But then there are going to be more jobs opened up because you're going to have people who need to make the robots and repair the robots, which is true, but it's not a one-to-one. First of all, the, the, the skill set you need to work on a factory floor and the skill set you need to maintain or build a robot are dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to say that someone can't master both sets of skills, but it's just it's not like it's e- automatically transferable. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you don't need as many people building out or maintaining robots as you would to maintain uh, the, the number of people you need to maintain or build the robots for a warehouse of robots is fewer than the number of workers you would have if there are no robots at all. Right. For that same warehouse. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, you still have people who are not going to have work, uh, at least not in that warehouse. So what this really brings to, to light is that there needs to be a focus in the education phase to make sure that whatever education you are getting is going to be uh, something that is usable in the workforce because the skill sets that the workforce is looking for may be dramatically different than what are being offered within the education system. Mm-hmm. So it, the the burden of responsibility falls on not just the students, but the education system itself. 
because we have these education systems out there that are not necessarily offering the same sort of courses that would be useful to a person once they graduate to get a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that is because the education system is not terribly nimble. It's a it's an institution, and institutions have a lot of uh, of inertia. Gasp. And, and it, yeah, it's really hard to get them to, to respond quickly to changing situations because that's just not in their nature. So we do have this issue of robots potentially taking away jobs. And, and even jobs like not, – not just with the Kiva systems. I mean that's one element, right? But this goes across all uh, all kinds of industries, not just warehouses. Mm-hmm. We've seen other industries also affected by this. Um so you've got that concern. Well, hopefully, the, the I- ideal um, outcome is that people will be able to start focusing on the s- types of skills that robots really aren't designed to to handle, mm-hmm. and that there will still be plenty of work to go around. It's just that there has to be a new focus on the type of work uh, that you can pursue. Uh, it really starts to hit people who. Uh, may not have a lot of formal education. Right. Uh, they are at the greatest disadvantage uh, in that their jobs, depending on what industry they're in, their jobs may be one of the jobs that are easily converted to robotics, uh, and they are not. They don't have a background in education where they can easily switch gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're probably going to see continued uh, bouts of. Of uncertainty mm-hmm. and 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 doubt, might as well throw fear in there too. Get the whole fud in there, and uh, there's probably going to be some uh, some rocky some rocky travels between now and when we reach our idyllic uh, civilization where the robots cater to our every need and we don't even have money anymore. Adrian, you said well, rocky. Okay. Well, also, <clears throat> you know, if you if you remember in the um, in the uh, in the documentary Rocky Three, uh, they do have a robot. They buy a robot in Rocky. I forgot about that. And it, uh, the uncle gets to play with the robot. It always brings him a frosty beverage. Yes. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I got to have my devices when I travel. I can't fly without my portable chargers and noise-canceling headphones keeping me immersed, and I'd be lost without my smartphone. 
In a new place, it's my connection to the familiar. I rely on it to get directions around town. I use my smartphone to look up things to do or, most importantly, where to eat. In countries where I don't speak the language, my phone becomes a universal translator. And heck, it can double as a digital camera, giving me the opportunity to snap unforgettable pictures of the sights that inspire me and fill me with joy. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. A spirit of adventure lives inside of us. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to transform your spirit of adventure into actual rubber-meets-the-road-into-the-wild, true-blue-real-life adventure. You just need a Nissan and a plan. Or better yet, just a Nissan. You can hop into a Nissan Rogue and discover what comes next. Don't worry, the Nissan Rogue has your back. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Just climb in and go. No need to connect your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the new 2024 Nissan Rogue. No matter where you roam, you'll stay connected to home. Life is one huge adventure, and every day is a little one. No matter if the ride you're on is big or small, a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada can elevate your adventure and push your limits to something new. Your next adventure is waiting for you. Get in a Nissan SUV and go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Uh, anyway, so but, uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're Kiva's um, by far not the only company to be building. Uh, equipment like this. That's true. Um, and one of the, uh, I, I, you know, I've seen several, I'm, I'm fascinated by um, industrial machinery type uh, programs, and there are many on our uh, parent company's networks yes. uh, where they make stuff and store stuff. And I just find it fascinating to see. But one of the advantages of the Kiva system uh, is that uh, it is able to store things in a far more dense fashion, uh, therefore making the most of warehouse space. Um, and it does that on a, on a, uh, horizontal plane because really these shelves are built, uh, and they can be configured in a number of varieties, you know, depending on what the customer needs. Yeah. Um, but they, the shelves are all the same, more or less, for, for these robots. Um, however, uh, I have seen warehouses that are very, very tall and they have rigid shelving, um, and they're, uh, robotic systems that can travel uh, horizontally and then vertically up to a bin that could be stories high um, and lifts it off with a, a forklift. You know, it, it, they have uh, optical readers, uh, very much the same as the Kiva systems do, where there are uh, codes on the bins and it can scan the code and say, okay, well, the bin in uh, A14 level 6 is the one that I need, and it goes up, and with the little forklift, it you know pulls out the bin and moves the parts down to the assembly line. Um, and I find that completely fascinating. Yeah. But uh, really, that that maximizes the use of the the human uh, workers that are there. Um, so it, I think there is a trade off to be made um, because these systems do Im- uh, make the work a lot less uh, taxing mm-hmm. for the, for those people, and, and it does give them. Uh, uh, an opportunity to be more productive at their jobs, which I think, uh, at least for some people, would be more more fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, also, the uh, the robots, especially in the um, again in the Kiva systems, because you know I'd done primarily that research for this uh, for this podcast. The systems are more quiet. 
than the conveyor belt systems. Yeah. Some of the uh, employees that they interviewed for uh, one of the news reports um, said that whereas before in the uh, the conveyor areas, they used to have to shout to to make themselves heard um, when they needed to you know talk to one another. In the uh, robotics room, they basically can talk in a normal voice. Um, there are fewer injuries, which also seems like it would be a boon for employees. That, that, of course, only applies so long as the robots don't develop sentience and decide to kill all humans. And uh, If they follow the laws of robotics, we should be pretty much all right. All right. Um, and there's a, um, you know, better climate control, too, which is a cost savings. Hopefully they will pass the savings on to the workers. Well, that's, You're starting that's the to scare that, me a little bit here. The thing is the efficiencies and the, you know, as you improve efficiencies, then Ideally, that means you can either do one of two things. You keep mm-hmm. prices the same and your profit margins go up or you reduce prices and you pass the savings on mm-hmm. to everyone else. Right. But, uh, yeah, it all depends on how the company works. But yeah, I mean, it's these systems are – in general, I think they're a good thing. Oh, yeah. In, in the short term, they're definitely going to be something that could potentially cause a lot of uh, – Upheaval, mm-hmm. but in the long term, I think that it's you know it's definitely a benefit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, by the way, in, in case you were wondering, uh, although Amazon did did make this purchase, and it's unclear whether they are going to continue to uh, allow other competitors to buy these systems at this point, because it is a, a pretty new deal. I, I would imagine they would continue just because it'd be another stream of revenue. But yeah, well, you know, they're never a pretty know. smart company, but. Who knows? They might say this is well. In which case, it gives it an opportunity to a competitor, right, to come out with their own system and exactly. cater to everyone else. Um, people like uh, Toys R Us and Timberland. Um, several Amazon subsidiaries have been using these devices for for quite some time. Like Quidzy, which owns uh, Wag.com, which is a, a pet food uh, company, and Diapers.com and Soap.com, uh, plus uh, Zappos. Yep. Um, and they also, Wal- I think Walgreens was using it as well. Walgreens uses it, uh, Crate and Barrel, uh, Staplays. Oh, Staples. Oh, I always wondered about that. Yeah, um, Staplays next to the Target. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, the Gap, Saks Fifth Avenue. You have to mind the Gap. Yes, especially if you're in the UK. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they, they already had a pretty good client base. Um, but, uh, really that, that princely sum, when you think about it, is of, of 775 million. That was, that was the second highest Amazon acquisition, um, after Zappos, which it, uh, picked up for, uh, $847 million. But, uh, Amazon has said that they're going to, uh, bring their total of warehouses up to 69, opening 17 new warehouses. So this acquisition over the long haul is going to save the company quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they can build out their warehouses with this technology instead of retrofitting older right, right. Yeah, installations. If they, if, yeah, building it out with it in mind so that they they maximize that efficiency and, and uh, then you know they'll, they'll definitely benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, do you know... Uh, what company built the very first industrial robot? The very first industrial robot? Yeah. Was it Honda? No. Unimation. Unimation. In 1956. They were uh, developed from uh, – there was a fellow named George DeVole mm-hmm. who created the patents for a, a automated robotic system. And these were using hydraulics that would pass very heavy objects from one point to another that were 12 feet apart from each other. Yeah. So kind of the 
great great granddaddy of the Kiva Systems robots. Yeah, they yeah. also bring heavy things to you. Well, um, you know, I, like I said, I love watching this this equipment, and I, uh, especially the um, uh, well, a lot of the manufacturing robots. Um, which is a little different from these logistics machines, but uh, yeah. uh, the ones that use the, the suction cups. Yeah. And they'll pick up, say, uh, a very heavy car part or uh, a piece of a, um, a prefab house or something like that, and they'll just lift it and move it around like it's nothing. Um, which is why when they turn on us, okay. we have no hope. Oh, jeez. So on that, I'm done. On that happy I'm note. I'm out of here. On that happy note, yeah. On that happy note, we're going to, uh, oh, there goes Chris. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. So guys, if you have any discussions, uh, you have something that you think we should cover, let us know. Let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. Or you can always send us an email. Our email address is techstuff at discovery.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Work's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.